Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Brilliant. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad you can. It's good to get a thumbs up. Oh, I'm getting louder all the time. Amazing. Um, well, good morning, everyone. It's, um, isn't it so good to be together? What a wonderful time of worship this morning as we, uh, you know, we've been meeting online uh, over the last two years and we've been back here and now we're a mix of online but there is something so powerful isn't there about when we actually gather together and uh, gather as well with those online but also just in this space and and the holy spirit works and moves among us and uh, it's just so encouraging isn't it be back together again Wonderful. Um, and there is news, I think, that kind of all restrictions are disappearing in about a week's time. Did I read that on the news this morning? Next week, Charlotte, come on. Yeah, it's going to be soon, isn't it? So there we go. Anyway, um, this morning we are continuing our series on fruitfulness on the front line. And uh, we had Catherine sharing last week about modeling godly character. And uh, this week we are going to be sharing about making good work. Now there's a great book that accompanies this called Fruitfulness in the Frontline. It's well worth a read. So if you want to pick up a coffee on Amazon or any other more ethical retailers out there, then you can do that. Um, But pick it up and have a read. But today I'm going to be talking about work. So I don't know what you think about when you think about work. Um, Maybe you think about the daily grind or the nine to five, or boredom, or earning money. Maybe you think about enjoyment and satisfaction. Maybe it's studying, or doing homework, or having to go to school, or college. Maybe you think about housework, and all the things that need to be done around the home, or maybe it's career. That's what comes to mind. Or maybe It's thinking about something that you really uh, don't want to do, but you just got to do it to earn the money. Or maybe, actually, it's the joy of being paid to do something you love to do. Maybe for you, as you think about work, maybe that feels more like something voluntary that you choose to do outside of your uh, normal remit of the home. But what is work as we talk about it this morning? Well, biblically, work is anything that we do that isn't just for joy and recreation. So, uh, work could include taking the bins out. Whose job is it here in the household to take the bins out? Yeah, we, uh, yes, we have some families, don't we, where some person has the job the bin job. Others where it's, you know, shared out or who, you know, in our family it's just whenever the bin gets so full and no one else has done it, then whoever gets the bin last has to do it. Bad luck. Anyway, putting the bin out, washing up, maybe doing the cleaning. It's normally Sarah. (laughs) Caring for those who we have responsibility for, maybe for for the aspects of the care we give to our children or to um, elderly uh, relatives or people around us. It can be volunteering specifically, can't it, in terms of, you know, perhaps working in a charity shop, giving debt advice, volunteering with the community cafe, uh, even volunteering here in terms of what you do on a Sunday morning, serving on different teams. And of course, work is also something that for many of us that we get paid to do and we spend quite a lot of our time doing. Now, the wonderful thing, considering so much our time is spent doing work, is that actually it really, really matters to God. Whether it's a big thing or whether it is a small thing. So whether you are working for the UN and negotiating world peace, 
And uh, I'm not sure anyone in this room is doing that right now, but we do need prayer for that, don't we? Whoever's doing those big jobs like that. Or whether it's actually just making a cup of tea for a friend or a colleague or a housemate. Work matters to God. Um, Paul said this when he was writing to the church in Colossae. He said, whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. He doesn't say only if you're doing something important or significant or that makes a huge difference in the world. He says, whatever you're doing. So working for world peace at the UN matters to God. Making a cup of tea for a friend or a colleague or a housemate also matters to God. In fact, it matters so much that uh, the very first chapter of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, God brings in right at the beginning work. Chapter, uh, Genesis 1 verse 26. This is when God was creating us humans. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So Adam and Eve, from the moment they were created, were given work to do, straight away. They were told to govern. That is to bring order, to organize, to help everything flourish in a healthy way. They were um, given the the task of naming all the animals. We see that in Genesis chapter 2. Now, these were all things that God could have very happily done entirely on his own. Governing, bringing order, naming the animals. But he actually chose to partner with human beings in order to achieve his purposes. Now this partnering with Adam and Eve that we see um, after human beings were created on day six, we actually see it in the earlier days of creation as well as God partners with his creation in order to bring about the order that he's creating. If we go back a few verses, verse nine. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And so it was so. God called the dry ground land and gathered waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation. The land, that was produced vegetation. Plants bearing seeds according to their kinds and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds and God saw that it was good. Then a few verses later, verse 24, and God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds. The livestock, the creatures that move along the ground and the wild animals, each according to its kind 
and it was so. The land and the sea were given jobs to do. God didn't just produce and plonk the animals and the plants. He actually spoke to the land and said, you produce, you create. Obviously in God's power and God's authority, but producing the living creatures and the vegetation. God partners with his creation to bring life and to bring flourishing in the work that creation does and that we do. And when it comes to humans, he created us in his image. Now, the word in Hebrew for image is selem, and it's the same word that was used in the, uh, in the Near East when talking about a statue or an image that will be set up by a king in a land to demonstrate his authority and his rulership and to demonstrate that a land that perhaps he conquered would be governed by him and on his behalf. We are God's images placed in creation to represent him and to govern and work with him on his behalf, partnering with him in the ongoing creation of the world. God chooses to partner with his creation and not just do it himself. He brings us into the task to enjoy it, to be part of it. So what is it that God is creating? What do we see in the garden? And what do we see in all creation? Well, if we look at the Garden of Eden, it had wonderful, clean air. It had fresh, life-giving water. It was full of the most beautiful, nutritious food in the form of fruit. There were animals to bring joy and life and to look after. There was wonderful beauty. And of course, there was God's presence to enjoy, wasn't there? This was an environment that God created for human flourishing. And humans, you and I, are given work to partner with God to help create environments where humans can flourish. And by working in that context, we ourselves, as we partner with God, flourish. Because actually, part of our purpose is to work to do good work. And when we do, it brings satisfaction and joy and well-being and a sense of fulfillment because it's part of the way that we were designed. Amongst other things, we were created to do good work. And work was always part of God's plan and purpose for us, even before the fall. All of this that we've talked about here is all before the fall. Before sin entered the world, work was part of the original plan and the original design. Now, sadly, after the fall, it became a whole load harder. Move forward to chapter 3, verse 17. We read these words. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food. After the fall, this experience of work just became so much harder. Didn't have the same life in it that it had before. But ultimately, God designed work as a good thing 
to bring out our flourishing and the flourishing of others. And work still serves that purpose today, that God-given purpose. Creation today flourishes as animals are looked after, as people are fed and clothed, as humans are given shelter and education, as music and beauty is created. So we flourish. So take food as one example. Now, God wants people to be fed. That's part of the very natural way in which we flourish, when we have good nutrition. But these days it takes a fair bit more, doesn't it, for the meal, the food to get from the field to the plate. Now, uh, many years ago, everyone would grow their own crops, uh, maybe, and have a village where the food is growing all around. It's just a very short distance. That's not the reality today. But with food, God still wants to be fed. There are farmers doing good work, growing crops. Those crops come from good seeds that are developed by people who grow seeds. The farmers use reliable tools that are created by people. They need good storage facilities to take the food from uh, when the harvest comes. They need packers and distribution managers to get the food from the storage facilities to the shops. They need people in the shops to put the food on the shelves and to sell it. Marketeers to demonstrate the goodness of the foods and draw people to buy healthy things. And of course, cooks to cook it. God provides the soil. He provides the sunshine and the rain that the crops would grow, but he requires people to do the rest of the good work so that we can eat and we can flourish. But the purpose of the work is that, isn't it? In this case, that people are fed and flourish, which is God's heart for us all, that we would all flourish. And when we make good work, it actually models God's work in the Garden of Eden. So what did that look like and what is it that we're modeling? Well, first of all, God created order. So whether you are a cleaner, cleaning your own house or someone else's or an administrator bringing order to an organization or maybe you're tidying up at the end of a day after an energetic toddler who's put toys everywhere or you're an engineer who's shoring up an old historic building that would otherwise fall down you are bringing order as a representative of God God also generates provision in the Garden of Eden, doesn't he? So that Adam and Eve can flourish and thrive. So for those who are working in employment, we're providing for our family through paid work or maybe as a financial advisor, helping people so they are in a place of provision for their future. You're a basics bank volunteer, helping people with the very practical needs week in, week out of putting food on the table. God brought joy into creation whether we're making a cake or a good cup of coffee or creating a really helpful app that's just simple to use or writing something that inspires and encourages, we too can be joy bringers. God also created incredible beauty that we get to glimpse around us in creation today. You may be arranging flowers or decorating a house or laying the table really nicely or designing a great product, a car. Matt Comer designed a door on Aston Martin. Who knew that back in the day? 
or designing some great houses on Minecraft. Actually, it is our duty as followers of Jesus not only to do our work well, but to do all that we can to ensure that it benefits others, creating order, generating provision, bringing joy, and releasing beauty. So I would like to take the opportunity to interview someone now um, and find out a little bit about what that looks like in their life. So Chris Wiley, why don't you come on down? Good morning, Chris. You good this morning? Yeah, good. Morning, everyone. Good. So, Chris, why don't you tell us, what, is it, what do you do for work? What does that look like for you? Uh, so, I'm director and co-founder of a software business called Zamzar, um, and we basically write and sell um, software that helps people manage their files, computer files, and convert them to different formats, that kind of thing. Started in 2006, co-founded it with my brother. Um, there's about seven employees now, kind of dotted all around the place. So we've got two of us in Southampton, a guy in York, someone in Birmingham, someone in Germany. So it's kind of all, all over the place, really. Um, yeah, and that's kind of, that's kind of a, the high level. That's good. So what does that involve sort of day to day for you? What does that look like? Um, so for me personally, Impressed that you mentioned making cups of tea earlier, because that's definitely a big part of my role, is uh, keep, keeping the troops happy by making lots of tea. That's an important thing, I think, in, in any job, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, I guess for me, I wear lots of different hats. So primarily, I kind of concentrate on talking to our customers, finding out what they want in kind of the software that we make, um, ensuring that they're kind of... Um, new features are getting developed and then kind of managing our developers to help them kind of build those products for, for customers. But inevitably, you kind of wear lots of different hats in a small business. So on any given day, it could be HR or a legal thing or a finance thing. So yeah, lots of, um, lots of different bits, bits and pieces going on really for me. So if, if we were to talk about good work, what does good work Look like you've got the many things that you have to do, but actually thinking about good work, what does that look in your like in your context? Um, I guess probably for me, it's a couple of things. One is, I guess we've all used kind of computers in this room and kind of had the moments where we're using a bit of software doesn't do what we want it to do. We kind of have that rage against the computer. Why aren't you? Why, why are you doing this? I didn't ask you to do that. So I guess a, a big part of my role is trying to build software that doesn't do that so basically doesn't make people shout at their computers and get frustrated and want to throw them halfway across the room because um, you know if you if your software is used by a lot of people and you're directly responsible for them having a bad day that's not it's not amazing is it <laughs> um, so yeah a big part is kind of yeah just creating good products creating great software that is easy to use that maybe may not give people joy but at least doesn't cause them to launch a computer <laughs> halfway across the room. Um, and then I think the other big thing is kind of the people on our team. So um, the guys that work for us, um, I guess it's just really important that we create an environment that they can flourish in, that they're kind of um, able to sort of use the skills that, that God's given them, that they can kind of express themselves, be happy, kind of that we can be flexible about the hours that they work, the kind of other responsibilities they have to their families and 
pay them well and give them interesting work to do. So, yeah, that's a, a good day at the office, is if we've done those two things, probably. That's great. And, and how, do, how do you partner with God in your work? What does that look like? Um, yeah, that's a, I think that's quite a tough, tough question when you're sitting at a computer writing a bit, <laughs> bit of software. It doesn't always feel like... I guess if you're perhaps maybe in a more caring profession, it's kind of easier to think, oh, yeah, I can really, I'm really hearing from God for this person, but less so for a, a line of code on a screen. Um, but, yeah, I, I suppose sort of um, I, I kind of pray for our employees, kind of that they um, kind of have interesting work to do, that um, we can kind of have insight into what's going on in their lives and kind of help them and encourage them. Um, Occasionally I'll pray for a customer. If there's a frustrating customer that's emailed me and I need some patience with them, then uh, might, might send up a, a small prayer for them. Um, but yeah, it's kind of something I'm working on, to be honest. I think I've got a bit of a tendency to kind of compartmentalize. I'm very good at praying for things in life, family, friends, situations that are going on. And ever so occasionally I remember, oh, I can, I can pray about work as well. Uh, kind of get reminded of that and, uh, and do that. But yeah, I think... The main way of kind of partnering with God for us is kind of just creating a business that's sustainable and kind of we act with integrity so we're kind of demonstrating some of the values that um, are kind of in God's character kind of hopefully in the way that we treat customers and employees and run the business. That's brilliant. Thanks Chris. It's really good to hear Thanks. from you. Thanks. Sounds like a good company to work for, doesn't it? Let's see if there are any jobs going later. So, our duty, as I mentioned before, as followers of Jesus, is not only to do our work well, but to do all that we can to ensure it benefits others. And just wonderful to hear from Chris about that sense of his heart as a follower of Jesus, that what he does brings benefit to others. It's not just about getting money in for himself and his family, but how can he use his skills and his product to bless others, both his team and customers. But um, how do we do that? How do we ensure, how do we work well and hard for Jesus without getting into that trap of just being carried along in the conveyor belt, chasing after success and more money and becoming achievement-driven and performance-based and just becoming workaholics? Because we know that that's not a healthy way to live. Well, I think what really helps is when we understand who it is that we're working for when we're working for God. We're not working for a demanding, hard-to-please boss who is chasing us with targets and expecting performance out of us. Actually, we are working for a loving father who worked hard for six days, putting this universe together as an act of love and then took a day off to rest and enjoy what he's made. And our work too should be an act of love for our loving Father, an act of love towards the people around us that it impacts. And it should be balanced with regular God-given rest. That's really important. God is not harshly demanding results. Instead, he's actually genuinely interested and excited about how we're going to use the gifts and the talents and resources that he's given us to make good work. How are we going to put them into practice? And he's cheering us on 
Just as with our children, we see some of the gifts God's given them and we're excited to see how they emerge and how they're going to bless the world. But we have to recognize that it's not only Christians, it's not only followers of Jesus who do good work. We all know many non-believers who wouldn't profess faith in Jesus who do really good work and that we really admire. And we also probably know some Christians who've done some really shoddy work Sadly. So what is the difference between good work and godly work? Well, good work, sorry, godly work is good work done with God. Now, when we're struggling at work with a problem or stuck, like Chris talked about, some, a challenging customer, it's quite easy for us to pray when we're stuck and got a challenge. You know, a difficult customer or a a difficult boss that frustrates us and challenges us, or maybe we're out of our depth and we just need God's help, or we're, we're overwhelmed at home with all the demands that are coming at us. It's easy in those moments to, to call out to God and to pray and ask him into our situation. But often, when we're doing something we're good at, something that we find quite easy and enjoyable, it's quite easy in those moments, isn't it, to do things in our own strength and not to invite God in. But what could it look like if we did invite God into all our work, no matter how big or small? What would it look like if we invited God into the process of hoovering the house? Or making a friend a cup of tea? That one's coming up a lot, isn't it? Or baking a cake or teaching a lesson, even if it's one that we've done many times before and we know that we're good at. Or writing computer code or visiting a patient. What could that look like? Jesus said this in John chapter 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What fruit could we see if we connect our work, no matter how big or small, with Jesus the vine and work in his strength, not just in our own? Now, um, as many of you know, I, I worked uh, as a flying instructor. I now just do that on my day off, but I worked full-time for a while doing that. And I found that as I drove into the flying school each day, I got into the habit of every day praying very specifically. I had about a 20-minute drive to work, and I would pray really specifically. I'd pray for safety that day. I'd pray and ask God to help me to instruct well, as teach well, I'd ask him to help me fly well, and help, asked him to help me just be aware of his presence and carry something in his presence and his glory. And that's still something I do whenever I drive in to, on a Friday to fly, I pray those very specific prayers. It's become part of my rhythm. And sometimes you go through a day and it's just an ordinary day, but sometimes you I've found that you get more specific and obvious answers to prayer. So a couple of weeks ago, I had a student um, who I'd been training for some time, and he was getting close to the point where he was ready to go solo. That's the first time you send them off in the airplane on their own. And as an instructor, it's quite a nerve-wracking moment, because it's kind of all on you. Have you trained them well enough? Are they going to consistently perform? Are they going to get the plane down in one piece? And um, we'd had some, uh, some challenges in that the weather hadn't been great. We had some gaps. We hadn't flown for a while. The previous time, I thought it was nearly ready, but we had to change runways, and he had a few setbacks. And I just, the weather that morning was absolutely fantastic. 
And I just found myself, as I went, just really praying specifically for him, that it would come together for him, that it would just work, it would click, and I'd be able to send him solo. And I'm pleased to say that I did. He did a great job, great landing, came back, and to my relief, it's always a relief, he came back in one piece. It can be really specific. But as we invite God into the midst of our work, it's not just about God helping us to do our work well, but it's also asking God to help us do it in love. Now, we've all experienced, haven't we, the difference between a job done well and a job done well that is filled with love, too. So, you know, maybe you've been to dinner with someone and they make the most exquisite meal and the table's set beautifully, the food's wonderful, but you come away feeling that you just felt a little bit less than genuinely welcome there. And yet, you've probably also been and eaten food that's been very ordinary food, maybe even beans on toast with someone else, and you've just felt so at home because of the love and genuine love they demonstrated to you. Or you've been served a coffee by a barista who makes an amazing coffee, but you feel like you're just one of another myriad of customers that he's made good coffee for. Or you perhaps were made coffee by a barista who makes you a good coffee. But their warmth, their kindness, and their genuine interest means that when they say, you know, have a great day, you know that they genuinely mean it. You've experienced not just good coffee, but something of God's love. And when we do work, we do good work in love, our light shines. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter five, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus' expectation is that as we do good deeds, it will lead people to praise God. Our good work may achieve many things, but it also plays a part in God's strategy to reveal himself to the people around us, that they would know him too. That's what godly work looks like. And so for me, as I travel to the airfield and I pray, and I've done that over many years, yes, I believe God helps me to fly better and to instruct better and to stay safe and to give generously of myself even when I'm tired and worn out after a really long summer day of lots of flights. But what it's also done over the years is opened up opportunities for me to share the love of Jesus more explicitly with people. I can remember occasions when I've prayed with a student who'd just been recently bereaved and I, I was able to pray for a colleague who saw healing in his back and took away his back pain and I prayed with a few guys from here, went out to the airfield and, and prayed for the airfield and the business. My boss wasn't a Christian but I offered it and he was really pleased to say, come, come and do it, please. Come and just pray helping someone find a Bible translation that actually made sense to them as they read it, helping another colleague who wasn't a believer find a connection in church at a really difficult time of his life. I'm far from perfect. Uh, mostly I enjoy my work. Sometimes I find it really hard. That's both this work here and the flying side of things. Mostly I think I'm, 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 an, I'm an okay witness, but sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I, I'm not at all. But as I've invited God into my work, I've found him equip and empower me to do good work. And sometimes even to create opportunities to share his love with people in really tangible ways. 
And I believe that as we do the same, invite God into the midst of our work, whatever work looks like for you, no matter how big or small, we too will see God at work in ways that we might not expect. We might be surprised. I think we will be surprised at what God does in us and through us. Um, I'd like to finish by showing a short video. I'm just a florist. Got a small shop. Nothing special. Silly way to spend your life, I guess. Fussing with a bunch of flowers. Sometimes I wish I was good at something else. I don't know, a doctor or a missionary. Someone who really helps people. But I do love flowers. I've always had a knack for it. So I do my best to make them beautiful for people. I know flowers can't change the world. I know I don't make much of a difference. I'm just a florist. just a florist. So whatever it is that you do, whatever you call work, it's given to you by God. And for some, work's really hard and it doesn't feel fun right now. And for others, it's a great source of joy and pleasure. And for others, it's somewhere in between. But as we step in this week, let's invite God into the ordinary and to the mundane, as well as the exciting, that we would see him bring his life in us and through us in whatever we do. Should we stand? I'm just going to finish by praying. Actually, could the prayer team come forward as well, please? So it just felt wanted to offer prayer with the prayer team. If, if you're struggling with work at the moment, if work isn't fun, if it's hard, if it doesn't feel particularly good, we'd love to pray with you that, um, that either God would bring breakthrough and change it, 
or that he would give you fresh resources to discover his joy in it in a new way. And also, if you have a real sense of just wanting to commit your work to God this morning, then you want to pray about that specifically, then come and chat with one of the prayer team who'd love to pray for you. But I think what we're going to do now is just going to pray. And if you want to just commit work to God in a fresh way, then just let's do that now in our hearts. Maybe that as a symbol that you might want to hold out your hands, just a sense of just giving it over to God and you. Father, we thank you that you created work not as a chore, not as a necessity, but actually as part of your good design and purpose for us. That we would do good work partnering with you to see creation flourish and human beings flourish. Thank you for the part that we can play in all of that. To partner with you, to be your representatives, carrying your image. And Father, whatever our work is, and for most of us it's multifaceted, we just want to place our work in your hands again, to give it over to you, and to invite you in again to come into the the, the, the mundane and the, and the ordinary as well as the thrilling and the exciting. Lord, give us fresh vision for what it is that we do. Pour your spirit into us that you'd uh, give us inspiration and fresh ideas to bring creativity, to bring order, to bring beauty. I ask that you would help us to flourish and help others to flourish. And increasingly, Father, would you Lord, use us that others would come to worship you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.